Let's spend some time together around the Bible and listen to what God might be wanting to do in our life and through our life for his kingdom in the earth. About 18 months ago, my friend John and I, we were visiting with a small group of people in a developing nation and there was about 12 of us in the room and at one point through the course of our time together, it became very apparent to us that God was wanting to bring his kingdom and bring healing to one particular gentleman in the room. Now the gentleman in the room, he had previously had an accident and as a result of that accident, he had some major surgery replacing his hip. And, um, but as a result of that hip surgery, his leg was quite dramatically, his left leg was dramatically shorter by a number of centimetres, probably five centimetres, than his other leg. And as a result of that, he walked with a limp, he couldn't ride his bicycle anymore, he, he, uh, he was in a lot of pain all the time. And as he was sharing his story, my friend John and I looked at each other and we were like, this is one of those moments. We think God might want to touch this guy with his healing and his power. And so we invited that guy to receive prayer. He said, yes, please. He was a follower of Jesus. And then we had, so we sat him in the middle of the room on the chair. And then I looked across the room and there was this young man there. And he was probably in his early 20s. And um, I looked at him and I said, hey, why don't you come over here and you pray that Jesus would heal this guy's leg and bring it to the right length and he would no longer have a limp and he could enjoy life and ride his push bike now. And the young man looked at me with his eyes wide open and he was shocked to think that I would ask him to do something like that. Well, anyway, he came and he knelt down on the floor right next to me and then he said, what do I do? And I said, I want you to put your hands on that man's leg and I want you to talk to that leg and tell that leg in the name of Jesus, grow, grow out to your rightful length so that, so that our friend could be healed. Well, after a number of minutes, probably 15 or 20 minutes of kind of coaching and to and fro and asking questions, what's happening, anything happening, all of a sudden, this gentleman's leg just grew dramatically right in front of everyone's eyes and everyone was like, wow, did you see that? And we were just like high-fiving and celebrating. And as a result of that, wherever we went for the next week, that young man who actually was the one who laid his hands to the gentleman that was healed, he was like on fire. He wanted to pray for anything that moved, anyone that looked sideways at him, anyone that had any sense of being unwell. He wanted to ask that Jesus would bring his kingdom. And then with him, he brought all these other young men with him so that he was then training them. You know, signs and wonders, the inbreaking of God's kingdom power, are meant to be an everyday part of what it means to live resurrection life in Jesus and so this morning that's what we want to touch on how are how is your experience in regards to signs and wonders as an everyday part of living the resurrected life with Jesus as your Lord a great quote from John Wimber John Wimber in his famous book power evangelism he says this he said signs and wonders were proof of Jesus' messiahship. 
They are the calling cards of the kingdom of God. I love that phrase, calling cards. Their presence in the early church demonstrates that Jesus intended signs and wonders to be an integral part of the disciples' ministry. If you have your Bible with you this morning, could you open it up with me to Mark chapter 6? And we're going to read together from verse 30. I'm using the NIV version. It'll be on the screen for you if you haven't got a Bible there. But if you have, I encourage you to go and open it up. Mark chapter 6, verse 30, Jesus feeds 5,000. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Now, these guys had just been in another town praying for the sick, healing the sick and seeing the kingdom come with great signs and wonders. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they didn't even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and let's get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognised them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began teaching them many things. And by this time it was late in the day. So his disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, they said, and it's very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, you give them something to eat. I love that. That's such a bold thing. And so, but they said to Jesus, that would take more than a half a year's wages. And are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said, five loaves and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves, then gave them to his disciples uh, to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 baskets of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of men who had eaten was 5,000. This morning, I just want to take a few moments to give us a few little um, encouragements as to wanting to see signs and wonders that in-breaking, miraculous working power of the kingdom of God in our life become an everyday part of our life. And this story, this account of Jesus feeding the 5,000 with his disciples is a great learning tool. And so I just want to pick up a few dynamics that I think we can all gain from as we do, that, do this. Firstly, in verse 34, knowing the situation... This, um, Mark says that Jesus was moved by compassion. 
That's really interesting. You know, compassion is that deep internal work where all of a sudden when you're engaging towards someone else or some other circumstance, something deep within you says something's not right for them and something needs to be made right for them. And it's this work of God's grace. And often when it comes to seeing the power of God in signs and wonders, it begins with the invitation of learning to feel the compassionate heart of God that moves us to action. And in Jesus, in this case, we see him moved to action. And I want to encourage you that often, sometimes we have these feelings of week, if you have any of those moments, don't just come for that person's situation. I encourage you to that. Moved by compassion, it means to be touched deep within for the, for the well-being of another. Secondly, it's interesting, the disciples' response to Jesus when it was late in the afternoon, it was going to cost a lot of money to feed everyone. The, their, their, their worldview was, send them home. Send them home. We can't. This is too big for us. And, but Jesus was listening to the Father's heart. He wasn't taking his cue from the enormity of the circumstance. And so what he did was he listened to God and he leaned into what God was doing, not the overwhelming nature of what stood in front of him. And again, this is where compassion leads us when we start to have a sense of wanting to see the kingdom come for someone else and them and their lives. All of a sudden, we start to take our eyes off the enormity of the situation and we start to dial into the magnitude of the Father's love to bring his kingdom to someone else's life. Learning to live from the Father's heart, not necessarily the, the metrics of the circumstance, but by the heart of God. I want to encourage you to that. Um, thirdly, Jesus used this as an opportunity to help show the disciples they were actually spiritually blind to what was going on. Even though they'd just come from this great healing crusade in the previous towns where they were anointing the sick and they were being healed, all of a sudden they're here wanting to feed a hungry hillside of people and yet they didn't have faith that carried from that moment to this. I find that really interesting. But their, their worldview blinded them in that moment. And Jesus challenged that when he just went straight back to the disciples and he said, you give them something to eat. What? Me? What do I have to bring to this? All I've got is a few fish and a few loaves of bread. Have you ever found yourself in that situation where you find yourself being drawn into something that's bigger than your resources to be able to serve and yet you find yourself going, I can't do this. I can't do this. And yet God says, come on, you give them something to eat. Partner with me. Partner with the heart of God. Um, Peter, the Apostle Peter, in Acts chapter 3, 
he had a similar account of this one day when he saw the lame beggar outside the temple. And the, t the beggar asked him for something. He asked him for some money. And Peter's response was, in Acts 3, 1 to 10, he says, I don't have silver and gold, but what I do have, I give you. Because you've got to remember, Peter's been, he was on the mountainside that day and he's learned and he's bringing that compassionate work of God with him now into the book of Acts, pre-Jesus's, uh, post-Jesus' resurrection and ascension. Peter's now doing the stuff as an ambassador of the kingdom and he goes, that's right. I don't have the necessary resources at hand, but I do have the kingdom of God. So in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. I want to encourage you. Our first response is often, I don't have what's required. That's okay. Just acknowledge that and then park it. And then say, but what I do have is Jesus. And I'm inviting him into this situation. You know, that young man that we prayed with um, uh, as, as, he, as he prayed for the gentleman with the leg injury to see the leg grow, that young man that did that praying that day, that was his first experience of seeing God move with great power. But in the lead up to it, he was looking at me like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And that's right. We can't do this on our own, but we can do this with God together in his name i remember telling him tell the, just tell that leg tell it to grow <laughs> and he looked at me with all sorts of like are you crazy man and anyway i said just do it just tell that leg to grow and he did and he was so shocked when it happened he was like unbelievable i can't believe god did that see god moved him beyond his spiritual blindness and into the life of the kingdom one of the other interesting things about this account that we can learn from as disciples wanting to see the kingdom come with power is that Jesus directed, he, in verse 39, he gave directions to his disciples. You, go and sit them down. Get them in groups of this and that. Find out how much we do have and, and so forth. And the disciples did what Jesus asked of them. And then, now... I think the text, the, uh, the biblical account here, does give room for the fact that Jesus gave thanks and broke it in his hands and then placed it into the disciples' hands. And I think it's a legitimate reading of the text to say the disciples then, with the little bit in their hand, went and started walking around to these big groups and just out of their own hand started feeding the thousands. A miracle is taking place out of their own hands. God wants our hands to partner with his hands and heart. I remember one of the one day at the Vineyard Mercy Centre here as a part of the ministry of the life of our church to the those in our community that are hungry and isolated. We started this particular day with a very limited number of emergency food parcels. I think we had about 13 of them in all. And then, oh, sorry, we had, um, I can't remember, it was 13 in all. But then we served, in the course of that morning, we served something like 18 people with food parcels and there was still three food parcels left in the cupboard at the end of the day. 
And ev so every time we went to the cupboard to get another parcel to feed the, co the cause of the kingdom in another person's life, God resourced that. It was an incredible day. The whole team, we were just like, we were just a part of a miracle of God. This is just like what Jesus did on the side of the hill. And this is just what God wants us to do today. Let our hands partner with his hands. We need to bring our hands to the work of the kingdom. Um, lastly, I want to say this. Being in a relationship with the risen Jesus and living the resurrection life today is one where our hands, our head, and our heart is invited to partner with our Heavenly Father through Jesus and in the power of the Holy Spirit. This signs and wonders stuff is meant to be a part of our everyday life. And in this season, as we now celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ before his ascension and the sending of the Holy Spirit, it's really a big invite from God in this season for us to remember we are living with a risen God, a risen Christ, and he lives in us. And those circumstance and situation, and many of us are in those places right now where we feel like it's too big, too enormous, or beyond our capacity. Today, I want to invite you, be free from that and lean into the generosity of King Jesus, just like the disciples did on that day on the side of the hill. Signs and wonders, an everyday part of kingdom living. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Bible. We just thank you for the scriptures and thank you for that account that was recorded of just what it means to be a follower of you, Lord, and live the way of your kingdom. And I thank you that signs and wonders, those inbreakings of your miraculous working power really are just a part of your kingdom. And I thank you that in Jesus Christ, we now get to live in the reality of that kingdom. And so, Lord, this morning, I'm just praying for everyone at home that right now in their discipleship journey with you is hungry to no longer shy away from or turn away from those um, moments where your compassion is grabbing their hearts and inviting them into relationships and circumstances that seem well beyond them. I pray, Lord, that by your spirit you'd just give them grace to lean into you and say, Lord, I don't have this, but my hands are available, my heart's available, would you fill my hands and heart with your kingdom and let men meet me as I go and reach people in your name? Holy Spirit, would you come and fill people right now as they're sitting at home? Would your power come upon them right now in Jesus' name? And I pray that, Lord, you would just do wonderful things that affirm your love through your people to those around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.